When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. We are just beyond delighted. We have Kristen Hanna with us, and we are big uh, fans of her books, one of our favorite authors. Uh, both Julie and I read, the, uh, of course, uh, Nightingale, Firefly Lane. I mean, we go way, way back with you, Kristen, and then we have <laughs> fallen in love with your uh, Alaska novel, The Great Alone. So thank you. Well, thank you. It's great to be here. It is so. And your number, you know, you're number one on the New York Times. Did you see that? I know. It's pretty exciting. It is. And, um, okay, so let's talk about, um, I almost want to just jump in and just have you share the movie news first because this is very <laughs> exciting. I mean, seriously, I remember after I read All the Light You Cannot See, I thought, what book am I going to read that's going to be as rich and wonderful as that? And it was The Nightingale. Oh, well, thank you. You know, it was sort of lucky that those two books came out together because people just loved both of them so much. It yes. sort of helped, helped us both. Yeah, it really did because you hate, I mean, and that, the Nightingale was just, you know, an amazing, uh, story. And I know that got option. And then I don't know what this means. Sony has preemptively purchased the movie rights to your book, The Great Alone. Yeah, it means, you know, they bought it so quickly, long before it was published, oh. so that nobody else even got to look at it, basically. Got it. That's ah. what that means. Did you get an exploding offer? <laughs> they were pretty excited. I okay. mean, you know, they were really, they were really pretty excited about it, which is nice. And you've got two women at, um, at the production companies that are going to do, do both of the, turn both your books into movies. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, it's really exciting, um, you know, to have a, a female studio head and a, and a female producer. And then we've also got, um, for Nightingale, a female director and a female writer. That's so fantastic. it just feels like this wonderful, you know, moment in time where we can finally have a World War II movie you know, about women. About women and from the women. Yeah, because that the Nightingale, if people haven't read it, you absolutely just have to read it. It's fantastic. And the actresses must be uh, just chasing people down because everybody would want to try out for this and the great alone. Yeah, it's really nice, you know, to be sort of writing strong women um, characters at this moment in time where it seems to be that, you know, that's a part of the national conversation. Yeah. It really is. Now, talk to us about The Great Alone, because um, I could not put it down. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, it just really 
it was a, such a page turner and it's a big book, you know, it's uh but it it just grabbed me right away from the very first page. So if you'll give people a setup of the novel. Well, it's um it's kind of a coming of age story, I guess. It's mm-hmm. about um a 13-year-old girl. It's set in 1974. And, you know, her father has come home from the Vietnam War and he is suffering from undiagnosed, untreated PTSD. And he decides that the way to save them all and to save their family and to make him mentally healthy again is to, you know, trek north in a, in a VW bus and sort of live off the grid in a very isolated and remote corner of Alaska. And, you know, it sort of turns out that, you know, it's all, it's all wonderful in the beginning. The townspeople help them. Mm-hmm. Um, but as winter comes on and Alaska becomes increasingly dark and increasingly dangerous, he begins to unravel a bit. And his wife and daughter really begin to realize um, that they're going to have to save themselves. They're going to have to survive on their own. Yeah. Oh, I just, you know, I, I really, I fell in love with everybody. I did not fall in love with Ernt, you know, the, the dad. But, you know, because you do set up a story, you know, he was a POW in Vietnam right. and Vietnam and, and when people came back from that war, they weren't treated well and there was a real disdain. And I, I feel like you painted the picture of what was societally going on that would contribute to his, like, he felt jumpy in his own skin just from that experience. Well- Absolutely. And that was very much sort of a part of my youth. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm the same age that the character of Lenny, the daughter, would be. And, you know, I really remember, even as a, as a preteen and a, and a Mm -hmm. young teen. So do I. You know, the vets coming home, um, you know, from Vietnam, I had, I wore a POW bracelet. I had friends whose dads never came home. And so my whole life feels, you know, somewhat shaped by that experience. Yeah. And I remember that, too. And and my dad was in the Air Force and we were living in Japan when the and I remember one time, like in eighth grade, I said to him, the high school's protesting the Vietnam War. This is on the on the Air Force base. Is it okay if I go and demonstrate? And he's like, who the hell is going to let any of their kids, you know, on a military base, you know, but that. That discipline, like, I mean, so you, you, you get that story of Ern, but then, you know, going into really, you know, what is just a verbally, emotionally, and physically abusive relationship and just the tug and pull of that was just really poignant and you just, oh, you're such a good writer, Kristen. Well, thank you. You know, it definitely, you know, anybody who has any real problems, um, you know, living off the grid in Alaska in the winter isn't going to help. Yeah. And, and you do, um, you know, I've only been to Alaska once. Holly, have you ever been? Or no, no. it's, it is kind of overwhelming when you go there to realize how big it is and wonder how people live there. And this is, I went in, you know, like a couple of years ago in modern time. And it, was your interest in setting in Alaska, is that a true story because of what your family did in Alaska years ago? Well, yeah, in the um, late 70s, early 80s, my dad and, you know, mom 
who are who are adventurers sort of decided that you know the lower 48 Washington was filling up was changing too fast and they they wanted an adventure and so they went north to Alaska and ended up making really good friends with a homesteading family and they built what would become our family business the Great Alaska Adventure Lodge on the banks of the Kenai River. And so, you know, three generations of my family have worked there. It's a real part of sort of the mythology of our family. Yeah. And And I know a lot of these homesteaders. And so it was, you know, it was my opportunity to bring... Um, my knowledge of Alaska, which might not be like everybody else's. Yeah, well, I mean, the the words, you know, the picture that you paint with your words, it does make you want to go to Alaska in the summer. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly just the way I feel about it. Yeah, just the you know, just the, the your just the physical descriptions of Alaska are are just so uh, wonderful in in the Great Alone. Thank you. It's just, it's really a magical landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are always very sort of aware in Alaska, even in the endless, you know, sunlit summers, that you are a very, very small person against a, a massive backdrop. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, in the winter, do that many people disappear for real? They do. They more do. Than any other um, state in the country. Yeah. yeah. You just disappear. I mean, who knows? A bear could get you. You could fall through. I, I mean, we don't know. And we live in Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, there's there's so many places that are just completely remote where literally, you know, running out of gas can cost you your life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not going to be cell service. There's not going to be, you know, the police or anyone to call to help you. So if you're in the wrong time, wrong place at the wrong time and you make a critical mistake. Yeah. You just are never seen again. Yeah. What would we do, Kristen, if we came to the, your, the, your family's adventure, uh, lodge? What kinds of stuff would we, would we, like we, we, we fish or hike or what would we do? You know, I mean, that's the great thing about Alaska. There are so many things to do. It began as a fishing lodge, All you right. know, so. People would come up, and my brother's a guide or was a guide, and he would take people out on the river, and they would fish for salmon or trout, or they'd go out into the ocean and, you know, um, fish for halibut. But now they also have this magnificent bear viewing camp. Um, there's a scene in the book where Matthew, um, kind of this young love story, where he shows Lenny these bears in a field, and that's really... Um, my family's bear camp where you can just go and watch, wow. you know, grizzlies. Oh, my. Wow. From a good, safe distance. A good, safe distance. Yeah. But you don't even need, like, a telephoto lens to take photos. Wow. It's just magnificent. That's amazing. Okay, so, um, Kristen, we have to ask you, all right, so The Great Alone, what number novel is this for you? You know, I'm not sure exactly. I need to really sit down and count. But okay. I think it's like 22, okay. something like that. All right. And are you taking just a break and now you're doing a book tour? Are you just relaxing, dream casting in your mind, <laughs> the nightingale and the great alone? And I mean, what are you doing? Are you just enjoying the success or are you already hard at work on another book? Sort of all of the above, right. actually. I'm I'm getting ready to go on a, a small, the last leg of my tour in um, California, Southern and Northern California. Mm-hmm. 
and then I'm going to go vacation with my husband for a while in um, Hawaii and just, you know, read a ton of books and relax and decompress. And I'm also about 30 pages into the next book. Okay. All right. I just, I love it. What's the last great book that you read? Ah. <sighs> Gentleman in Moscow. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, we have heard this from more than one person that that is the last uh, great book. And then I just have to ask you, because I did read your delightful interview uh, in the New York Times. You're by the book. Uh-huh. It was from like last month. Do you right. really, it was your favorite uh, novel of the past decade, you love The Shadow of the Wind? Do you recommend that? Uh- I adore this book. Have you read it? No, but if you say so, I w- we will. I just think it's it's magical. It's like this combination of, you know, historical fiction and sort of high drama and young love, and it's a a time and place um, Barcelona that I I didn't know really well. It's by a man named Carlos Ruiz Zafon, and it's just it's this great combination of of sort of literary and commercial fiction. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, thank you. Well, we love to get uh, recommendations from, you know, people that we do love to read. And honestly, we are, have been such big fans of of your book. I think the first book we read was uh, Firefly Lane. Well, that's, yeah, that's a while ago. That was my first sort of really big breakout you know, book success yeah. yeah well we read it and we've been reading you ever since and so we're really excited that the nightingale is going to be made into a movie two sisters and you know world war Two. it's amazing and this book the great alone is just wonderful and spellbinding and powerful and thank you so much for being with us well, thank you so much, and thanks for enjoying my work for so long. It really means a lot. Aw, thanks. 